Welcome to the Erasmus Foundation podcast. My name is Paul Nugent. Are you looking for answers to life and its meaning? Then this may well be the very podcast you need to listen to. In a series of podcasts, we are going to look at the difficult questions of life and apply spiritual knowledge to find out the answers. Hello. Today we are going to talk about the natural law, which is something that crops up many times in these podcasts and is extremely important for us to understand it and discuss it perhaps. So today I'm going to be talking to Padina from Spirit. So greetings, Padina. Greetings. And of course, the straightforward question I'm going to ask you at the beginning, Padina, is what is the natural law? To define this as it is understood in spirit, it is the law that was created by the great mind a very, very long time ago during a time when he rested after what was known as the great battle. He had been hurt, but that is of no consequence, except that he needed to rest, to recover his energies, to repair, which you would understand. And he used this time to put into place the natural law, which is the law that governs the entire universe. It is the law that governs everything. So why is it called a law? What exactly does it contain? It is a law because it rules, not by demand or dictating, because it simply is. It is logic and reason personified. It cannot be anything else. And because it is logic and reason, it then is defined as a law. Okay. So where did this law come from? You gave um, a brief description of that, but the great mind created it from scratch, I take it? It encompassed an older law, which was known as a Mogadar law. It was the law that was held by one spirit, Mogadar, a very 
very, very long time ago, which is how the universe was formed at that time. And at a later time, the great mind put the universe into order according to the natural law. And it was then that the universe was mostly made as you understand it now, applying, as I said before, a logic and reason, not that necessarily man or spirit would entirely understand, of course not. But we trust and accept that is so. So it's a kind of law of, of existence. Uh, is there anything outside the law or, or is everything included within it? Everything is contained within the natural law. There is nothing outside. Anything that could possibly be outside the natural law does not exist. It would not exist. Because the natural law is positivity personified. Okay. So everything is contained within the law. And so that everything that happens is part of this? Is that what we're saying? Everything that happens on a daily basis, the lives that we live, the, um, the way the planets orbit around each other, is everything included? Everything, it is all, all in accordance with the natural law. Also, very importantly, within the natural law is truth, pure truth. It is a purity, absolute purity. And this is why falsehood of any nature, any description, is seen as so ugly because it conflicts with the natural law. It is negative. It is not within the natural law. It is, it is therefore really evil. So why is it so important that we need to know about the natural law, Padina? Because it is the basis for everything. And it is important for man to know that he was created and everything is created within the natural law. And when man, through his behavior, acts against the natural law by trying to destroy natural things, by polluting his world, poisoning it, 
This is all contrary to the natural law, and man must come to this realization. So when a scientist is looking in his little world, believing that spirit and the great mind isn't part of it, they're just looking at the nuts and bolts of the natural law, are they? And are missing the bigger picture, perhaps? Possibly, yes. Because in spirit, we talk about the science of spirit. Spirit and everything within the natural law, because it contains logic and reason, could be described, it could be understood within the language of mathematics. And you would have to be a very, very clever person of the earth who understood mathematics very well to have some appreciation of how this is formulated. But it is a logic and a reason. And therefore, mathematically, it follows the rules of logic. So scientists believe in evolution, or many do. Mm -hmm. Where does this lie within the natural law, if at all? Well, within the natural law, again, there is change. It is, it is part of the natural law. It is part of the pulse of life, the rhythm of life, which is the life that is given to the entire universe. And within that, there is change. So things evolve in many, many ways. Man evolves. But may I say, may I offer, that perhaps how mankind and womankind of the earth has understood the evolution of man. It is not quite as your books and your media have accorded it. You mean that we didn't evolve from apes? Lena? Not at all, no. It is no, not at all. <laughs> okay. It is more true to say that apes evolved from man through mutations and events that happened on your earth a long time ago. So the earth at the moment, as we all know, is in a dire state. It's in a bad um, situation, it is diseased, it is crying out for help, as it seems to me. So what will happen to the natural law? I'm assuming we are almost going against the natural law on the earth at the moment. So what 
will happen if we fight the natural law. Through the very natural process of cause and effect, where something happens and then something happens and then something happens, there is always consequence. There is always a fruit, a product of what happens, whether it is man's behavior or the natural law. A plant, a tree will fruit, people fruit, man's activities fruit, but not always in a good way. So what are the consequences of man's behavior? Now, if man is to poison his planet, if man is to create and overshadow his planet with pollution and something so foul, it is damaging to nature, to life on his planet. What do you think the consequences are to be? Yes. And we're beginning to see that now, aren't we? Mm, indeed. Now, when we talk about the human law, we often talk about punishment. Mm -hmm. If um, somebody does something wrong and breaks the human or man law, whatever way you want to call it, he may end up in prison, he may be fined, but he will have some punishment, some retribution. Mm -hmm. Is there a similar thing with the natural law? No. It is utterly contrary to the natural law. There is no punishment in spirit, nor by the great mind at all. The great mind, nor spirit, of course, following the law, would ever demand anything of anyone. Spirit do not do this. And also, spirit and the great mind has acceptance of how things are ruled by the natural law, which means that man makes mistakes. He must do. As a child makes mistakes, it is all the process of learning. And a child cannot learn without making mistakes. 
but there is no punishment. It is simply that a child then develops and matures, having learnt mistakes along the way. And so it is with mankind and womenkind. So what we could say is that, in a way, because man is breaking the law of nature, the natural law, he is creating consequences which in turn come back to punish him. Is that what we say? It seems like a Not punishment. to punish, but there will be consequences. Right. Man cannot continue damaging his world without something happening as a consequence. Cause and effect. Very simple. It is because it is the law. Yes. This will happen. I wasn't really saying punishment, although it, it a lot of people might see it as such, mightn't they? Because something happens, there's an earthquake, and they start blaming the great mind of God. Hmm. Why didn't the great mind save them? Why didn't the great mind do this? But the earthquake itself was possibly a consequence of man's behavior on the planet is what you're saying, isn't it? Yes, which possibly people would find hard to accept living on this planet. But much of that form of energy release could have been prevented if man was behaving in other ways. Now, that is perhaps to be discussed at another time, being such a large item to discuss. But that is the truth. Yes. So the natural law is there as almost like our individual tapestry is it's a it's a way something to live within it's guideline it is it is a a force a structure yes mm -hmm. a structure that that we all ought to be living to indeed and, and i suppose what i'm going to ask now is if man does change his attitude it's a long way to go in my view, but if he does change his attitude and live within the natural law, how can we imagine the future to be, would you say? A lot better, be assured, a lot more peaceful. In so many ways, more beautiful. With such vast changes and development for the future, more scientific understanding, because all science is contained, again, within the natural law. It is part of the natural law. It is man's 
appreciation and understanding of how the natural law works. That is his scientific research. And from this, with developing more spiritual understanding and appreciation of spirit, mankind will learn so much more. His horizons were broadened. He will have such a wider vista to appreciate and learn from. And it will take him forward in great strides for the future. With medicine, with technology, with infrastructure of people's societies, with new forms of transport and energy, it will change quite dramatically. But that is all to come. At the present moment in time, you can almost split the world into two factions, the scientific faction and the spiritual faction. And in fact, the interesting thing for me is that both of them are correct, and yet they think the other incorrect. So when these two strands of belief come together, hopefully we will be in the sector of the science of spirit then, Padina. Indeed. Yes, indeed. It just requires, as man matures, he will naturally adopt by reasoning and seeing with greater clarity how the natural law and working to that will benefit and offer so much to advance mankind. That view has to come within the minds of mankind. Is it close? Are we expecting that to happen soonish or more later? It, it has started. We have measured it from your time of 1980. That was the start of an awakening to spirit, which has only really begun and has a long way to go, but it has started. Thank you, Padina. Well, <laughs> we're coming to the end again, Padina. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you'd like to say before we close? No, I think, I think we have covered this topic as much as we might at this time. And I thank you for the opportunity 
to answer your questions as I have been allowed to. Thank you. Thank you, Verdina. Thank you. The Erasmus Foundation is a spiritual teaching and healing foundation based in Laxfield, Suffolk, in the United Kingdom. We have a webpage, www.erasmus-foundation.org. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, or indeed have further questions for us, then please contact me on paul at erasmus-foundation.org and we'll do our best to accommodate you. Thank you very much for listening.